You're listening to the Shantyman Podcast, a conversation designed to help those recovering from religion find true faith in the Creator. Three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Redo it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. You got to give a longer break in between. Hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Victor Summer sitting across the table from <clears throat> Sam Russia. Oh, Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Victor Summers sitting across the table from Sam Rushton. Victor Summers. Did I do it right Sam that time? Rushton. You did it. It was perfect. <laughs> Victor Summers, Sam Rushton. Are you proud of me, Dad? The panty, the panty man? The shanty man? <laughs> that, that, that may have been a Freudian slip. The panty man. That's... <laughs> That would be the opposite oh, of the, the shantyman. This is the best, but the worst <laughs> intro ever. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Victor Summers sitting across the table Sam. from... Rushton. You couldn't wait until I was finished my sentence. <laughs> you just got to jump in. You're really excited it's today, I'm just so you? excited, and I just he's really want to get on the podcast because we haven't podcast for a long time, so I just had to jump in there and say it really quickly. He's amped right up, so he's going to be cutting me off the entire time today. How you doing, Sam? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Awesome. I'm doing awesome. You awesome, know, we're, blossom, we're, we're, awesome. we're back. This is 2020. Guess who's 2020. back? Back, back, back. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? 2020? Two, two, it two is. 2-zip? Two yeah. I'm I, uh, talking to someone. I won't mention any names, but they're... Um, Greg. It's Greg. No, they're getting ready for... Uh, they just got engaged. And oh, congrats, they're, Greg. Yeah, they're hap- they're hoping to get married in 2020 because they definitely don't want to be married in 2021. Why? Because they don't like the number 2021. No. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like um, they want to be married in 2020. I was also talking to somebody who we won't name, Greg. Greg. Um, and this person, Greg, was uh, telling me how crazy it is that um, because they asked if I was around for the Y2K. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, you do realize that was 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years yep. ago. I thought about that too. In fact, we went through New Year's Eve there just a little while ago. And uh, yeah, at that time, I mean, we all remember, I, I, I think. And not we all. I mean, that was 20 years ago. Well, yeah. If, if you're, if you're 19 years old, then you're <laughs> I know, which is <laughs> you're <nuts>. alive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were preparing for the end of the world. Yeah. So we were, Jody and I were living in Colorado. We were managing senior retirement and we got, uh, we, we were on a prep plan for the last three months from corporate. Okay. So making sure all our residents were safe and we were cleaning out the back of the toilets and filling bathtubs and we got like three weeks worth of extra food in our cafeteria, in our kitchen. It was nuts. Wow. And absolutely nothing happened. No, as expected, I knew it. <laughs> All the Christians were like, "No, it's not yeah, going to happen." Exactly right. And uh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's uh, my uh, grandfather on my on my wife's side. My grandfather-in-law. Yeah, he wrote a book back in during the uh, Cold War, and and basically oh, really? he was saying when everyone thought the world was going to end uh, from uh, nuclear fallout. Yeah, he wrote a book saying, "Nah, no." Probably not. Really? Because uh, we have a Bible and we believe the Bible. But isn't that interesting? Because if you flipped it, there are, though, some people who have the Bibles who predict when the world's going to Like, they're like, oh, no, Jesus is returning. Yeah. And, you know, it's, isn't they, that they funny? Tend there not, is also, uh, right, there's they, also outliers that are, like, the opposite. Yeah, but they tend not to be to like they read into into the those verses sometimes. oh no yeah yeah no i right. i know yeah i'm not saying that they, that 
I, I'm just saying like there are people like it's, I'm just saying there is a flip side to it. Right. Uh, people who are going crazy the other way. But, yeah. um, as we were uh, talking about with time and the reality of like 20 years going by, mm. um, I've recently been supply teaching and, uh, there was a moment where I was talking to a couple kids. I don't know. They're in kindergarten or grade one or something like mm. that. And I was talking to, about an event that had just happened. And, um, in my life until I forget what it was, but I was telling them the story about something. And, um, and I it hit me. I was like, these kids weren't even alive <laughs> when that event happened. Right. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's weird to think like, you know, there's these kids in grade one that weren't, you know, anyways, that's just, been happening to me for 10 years now, Sam, get used to it. Yeah. Since you were 40, 10 years <laughs> yeah, ago, almost. No, I'm just kidding. You're time, time enough. flies too. I just listened to another podcast. And since we're on the topic of time, um, that there's actual studies out there, which I found this very interesting and shout out to the guys at stuff. You should know. Great podcast. Uh, there's studies out there that say that there there's, there's evidence to show that the older you get, the faster time does go for you. Oh, so it's not even conceptual. It's not. It Well, yeah, it is because oh, yeah, time, okay. time is, time <laughs> is a constant. It is, it, but, it, but there's, there's, there's good science behind it. Actually. So what, what is it that causes it to, to appear that it's going by quicker than, because I know I if felt was the a, older I get, the, the more I feel like it's going by quicker. Right. So. There's a ton of theories out there. They actually, the, the study was really interesting. So they took young people, um, I forget the ages, like 15 to 29, mm-hmm. and then they took, you know, 55 to 70 age, age group, and they got them to count off in their head three minutes. So let me know when three minutes is up. Yeah. And the younger crowd were getting it spot on. Yeah. And, and the over the older crowd were way off. Really? Yeah. Like enough to enough for them to to understand that the older crowd had a, a they their their perception of time was off. Huh. And so, and, and they also said, you know, when you're a kid, and and you you know this too because you're kind of moving into, what well, you're you're in your what, what are, are you trying what, to say? How, how what old are, what are you, are you doing? Old? I don't even know how old <laughs> you, you are. How old I am? Oh my goodness! How old are you? Are you thirty yet? Uh, I'm twenty nine. Oh yeah, he's twenty nine. So, you know, the the, the whole idea, and you, when you get to forty, you're going to realize that zero to twenty, mm-hmm. and twenty to forty, yeah, completely like twenty <laughs> years. The, the two twenties right. are completely different. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Twenty to forty is like uh, just a. It goes so fast. It's a blur. But someone, you know, scientists said too that it's interesting that, of course, when you're when you're one year old, and a year passes, like that's what fifty percent of the of the life that you've been of the time that you've been alive. Oh, you know so, what I mean? So is that why it feels like that? Because exactly, because compared to how long you've been alive, right? It's a smaller amount. Right. Okay. So a year to me yeah. now at 46, 47, yeah. 46, however old I am, I don't even remember anymore. Yeah. Because I'm in early onset. How do you how do you think Yoda feels after living 900 years? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good. And we, we're happy to be in 2020. And yeah, we're happy for, New we're Year. Lo- we're looking forward to this new year. Um, the Shantyman has it's gonna be amazing things in store for 2020. I think it's going to be a good year. Everything's really going to be 2020. Right. We're going to ha- do 20 podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. With 20 people. Yeah. With perfect vision. <laughs> 2020 vision. 
Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to get a. We're gonna have to get a mission statement together and just play on that. Oh, that's such a Christianese thing to it do. It is. It's yeah, totally a mission is. and a vision statement. Well, what, are we, what are we talking <laughs> about today? Because uh, you know, we we want to. Uh, well, speaking of young people and time passing time by, passing, yeah. Um, it is very apparent that, um, statistically speaking. And evidence, I I would say I've seen in my in my life and your anecdotally definitely yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and statistically though uh, mm-hmm. that um, a big n- number of people like young people who grew up in church um, then end up leaving like leaving church and leaving the Christian faith right when they when usually usually I I've seen it when they go to college mm-hmm. within those next couple of years. Yeah. And and the numbers support that too. Uh Berna put out a, a study. It's been a few years now and I've seen others and and the Berna group is always good at kind of keeping a pulse on what's happening in the church. They get hired every once in a while. I know the organization that I used to work for, Awana, um commissioned them at one time to take another look at young people and how they're how they're doing i guess Mm -hmm. in the church and and uh how families are how healthy families are spiritually and and the the numbers back it up usually the the numbers are quite um discouraging actually Mm. the amount of children young people that leave the faith so in some in some denominations in some groups it's as high as 80 percent so 80 percent between 60 and 80 percent of some of the numbers that i've seen by their second year of college, yeah. they're actually walking away from their faith hmm. um, and from the church. Does, is second year, is that significant or it just takes a bit of time for them to kind of move away? Like, are there, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why, like, does it take a bit of time for those reasons to filter out or is there just, is that year in particular, like? I think they sent, I, I think they set that as a high watermark for, for most kids. Like that was the... That was where the the the, the numbers peaked mm. uh, during the second year okay. of college, and certainly you know kids through. And I've I've talked to people here in Miramichi, um, you know, all the time. They say, well, yeah, I used to go to church. You know, I was there until I was confirmed, or I was there until you know my first communion. Never went back, so it was like thirteen or fourteen. Talked to other kids. Yeah, we went to youth group, and my parents, you know took us to church and once I decided or they stopped making me go, then right. I made my own decision and didn't go back. And then I've talked to other, other, uh, kids and, and that very much was their story. Well, I got to college and yeah. for whatever reason, and there's a, there's a bunch of reasons. Maybe we'll, we'll touch on a few of them. Um, yeah, it just, I, I didn't, they, they say they didn't see any point in it. Yeah. To, um, some people won't care. Like some listeners may not care that much. To me, it was it's really sad. Like for instance, I was youth pastoring, and it is it is in a sense sad. Like um, for me, w- like when I interact with certain teens and and they talk about their relationship with God or loving God, and and you know it appears to be real for that time, mm-hmm. and then later on in life, just certain things, and they end up you know kind of moving away from that. Um, you know, it, c- it can be sad from reflecting it from another point of view of of being like you know yeah. what 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 did did we do something wrong did something like what really change and and and, you know just kind of i guess the realities of what that means you know someone because i because for me um 
you know, I, I see the I see what the Bible talks about of following after Jesus and having faith in Him, right? And I see the blessing in it, and also I see, um, I, I guess you could say, really the consequence of not. You know, yeah, there is there is negatives here on Earth and in the future, like in in the spiritual realm as well. So, sure. so you know, in that sense, it's you know, it does weigh heavy in my heart if I see young people who I've been interacting with over years that mm-hmm. who are at one time would be you know all into it and then another time or not so a couple a couple of demographics need to be concerned about this and you touched on one of them those of us who are involved i guess vocationally in in discipleship or in the church as as uh as leaders I, i mean i grew up in the church um you know my parents were involved in in ministry full time ministry part time ministry I recognized in the church that I went to put a huge amount of resources into children and youth ministry. Right. Like they, they got it. They were kind of early adopters to this whole movement really of, we need to resource the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it kind of happened around from, from what I've read and what I've seen, you know, the, the fifties and sixties mm-hmm. where there was kind of a, the, you know, the whole Sunday school movement, uh, mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. where, Churches were recognizing that the, of course, they had the the baby boomers. You know, were were having okay boomers, <laughs> were having families, and and so there was kind of an uptick in the population in churches too. Of course, so mm-hmm. there's all these kids running around, and they started programming their ministry specifically for kids, right? Right. Yeah. So so those of us who have have lived through that and and have been leaders in that and have resourced that, we've put our money behind that. Then it should be concerning if you if oh, you had, yeah. you know, you think of it in another way. If you had, uh, if you were trying to develop a product and eighty percent of what you were of your output was failing, right? You, you yeah. know, you you wouldn't yeah. be okay with that. You would you would have to go back and say, okay, there's something wrong with this process mm. where where we're getting such a failure rate, right. you know. And I know it's different, and obviously we're dealing with hearts and minds and souls and mm-hmm. independent thinkers and, and yeah. that sort of thing. But nonetheless, I think the church is kind of waking up and saying, "Okay, it's it's not enough that we're that we're having all of these young people. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on?" Right. Yeah. Because I think I think there is a balance of not taking of taking ownership of some of that, but also like loosely, as in. I mean, you can do the best that you can, even as parents, like for me, thinking about Sloan, I'll try to do the best that I can to direct her in the ways of knowing the truth of God and who he is and of salvation and faith in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and try to direct her in following him. But I understand that ultimately it, that isn't hinging upon just me. Like, no. so no. I think even in the church world where it's like, you know, I was youth pastor, camp director, those kind of things. I serve now in a church where it's like, I need to try to do what is best and to assess it and say, what, what have we done wrong? What can we do better? Mm -hmm. But also some of it is just holding it partially empty handed to know, you know, some of it's going to come down to what, what is God going to do? And what are the people, what are people going to decide? Like what are these young people going to decide? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I do, I I do think there was things when I was youth pastoring and camp directing too, is like looking at it and assessing and being like, I feel like certain things weren't done well before mm-hmm. or the focus was, focus was on the wrong thing. So you had a lot of people, kids at youth group, but none of them really cared about God. Right. right. So I think there was some of that, that I was like trying to do better, but again, it didn't, it didn't, 
it wasn't like a silver bullet that fixed it all. No, you know? no. And you you mentioned the other demographic that I was that I was talking about. So there's another group that's interested in this, and that is parents. Oh, yeah. I think anyone who's listening as a parent, as a Christian parent, who who has done their best as we all do as Christian parents to hand our faith on to the next generation. I mean, there's probably I listen. I'll back up there, and we we're not going to edit this. There is nothing more important. There shouldn't be anything more important to a parent, a Christian uh, parent, as having their child come to know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Except sports. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Of all of the things... Right. Okay. We're, and we're going to get to that in a minute. All right. We're going to open that can a little <laughs> oh, bit. Oh no, Victor's so, better. So, of all the things that we should, as parents, Christian parents, make sure that we that our kids get, mm-hmm. it needs to be a faith in a loving God who provided a way for us to know Him, and for a way for us to have uh, eternal life. Right. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. So as a Christian parent, it needs to it needs to rock our world a little bit when we're faced with the reality that eighty percent of young people are saying, "Nah, yeah, not for me." I think it's interesting too to to talk to parents who that was the reality in their life. Where um, I think some might might have been um, maybe misinformed or misunderstanding of what their responsibility was. And now we're like, Oh, Oh shoot. Like looking back being like, this was, we, you know, the gospel should have been more prevalent in our conversation or some, you know, whatever it is. So some of it is that some of it is just like, you know, they did the best and they couldn't. So it's interesting even seeing parents, their reaction to then kids as they grow up Mm -hmm. and thinking, we're feeling like, oh, this kid is go- growing up to love God and going to keep on serving him, mm-hmm. and but they don't. You're right. You know, right. I, I can only imagine, like, for Sloan, if if I felt like you know, over the years she really loved God and was going to go on to do, you know, God was going to use her to, to do great things and all that kind of stuff, and then her, you know, move away from all that, how, yeah. how that could really be, you know, a yeah. difficult thing. So if, if you're listening as a, and you're, you're a pastor or you're a youth worker or you volunteer in the church, um, and, and you care about the kids that, that you're serving. Uh, you care about the kids that you're teaching. Um, you're looking for answers. I, I think if you're like Sam and I, you've recognized that this is a problem within the church. The, the church seems to be resourcing. Most churches now get it, you know. And I, I always said, too, when I, when I was traveling around talking to church leaders and, and uh, having the opportunity to be able to share in churches, I was always wanting them to know that they need to put the effort in if they haven't got that already they need to Mm -hmm. like in a lot of churches especially in the maritimes these small country churches like you know a a fresh can of paint and a dehumidifier in the basement would go would do wonders with their children's ministry (laughs) you know (laughs) kids always kind of get relegated to the basement at the dank basement and and like we could step our game up there a little bit so there's some real tangible things like that that we could talk about but um, the probably more important than that is the philosophy of ministry mm-hmm. needs to change within the sure. local church. Yeah. So if you're listening, um, let's talk about some maybe some solutions and and maybe a, a way that we can. And I'm, I don't think this is a silver bullet that's going to solve this problem. I think it's an ongoing conversation. Uh, but let's talk about what you can do as a church leader and as a pastor, as a parent. Um, you know, you you should you should also be concerned. I'm concerned 
you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of at the tail end of my, um, my child rearing my, my son's a man himself. And, and, uh, you know, there's going to be just a few short years as quick as time goes, there's going to be a few short years. We're probably going to have some grandkids come along. Hopefully, uh, he's going to have to have at least 12 cause I, I was promised a big <laughs> family, no pressure. <laughs> uh, but you know, Sam, I'm looking across the table at you and you're just starting, uh, with a, with yep. a child. So, so as parents, uh, what's the solution? What is the solution to this? So, Victor, the overarching problem that we're talking about is, you know, we're seeing, we have seen, we've been talking about young people growing up in the faith or in church and then walking away. Um, I would hope that we wouldn't just leave it at a problem and not talk about a solution or um, an, an, uh, maybe not a bunch of little things, but maybe an overarching solution to this theme as well. Yeah, I, d- I think if you're listening and, and this is a concern of yours as well, you want to make sure that, uh, you, you know, you'd, we're, we're not going to hit every single uh, situation. Maybe you're listening and you're you're one of those kids that was brought up in the church and, and you walked away. We, we may not be talking about your particular issue. We might hit on that in another podcast, perhaps. Uh, but yeah, there we 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 think it's important that we find out why this is happening. And for those of us who are parents, for those of us who are um, in volunteering in church, or we have a, you know, we 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 obviously have a concern, and we want to see our kids um, carry on in their faith. This is an issue. So I, I think the solution, or one of the solutions, or the the big overarching solution, I, I usually go to Deuteronomy chapter six. It's kind of weird to to land there because it's kind of old testament and you know i i know it's weird because it's old testament well are you saying old testament's weird it's it's not but (laughs) well it is well it is but but uh you know it's not a place a lot of times that we you know we usually go to well what did jesus say about raising kids or whatever but i i like deuteronomy 6 because it's the story of moses and it's the story of um it just gives gives some principles around handing faith on. In this particular instance, in Deuteronomy chapter six, Moses is coming to the end of his life. He's just led, uh, you know, four million people out of uh, Egypt, out of bondage, slavery, uh, forty plus years ago. They're getting ready to cross over into the promised land, the land that God promised to them. And this was going to be a very, I, I guess, dangerous time for them. And Moses recognized that. He he knew that uh, that. First of all, he wasn't going to be leading them any longer, and they were going into a place where there were all kinds of different beliefs. There were different gods being worshipped in this new land. There were going to be all kinds of opportunity for his uh, children, uh, that these people that he led, uh, to be influenced and to have other influences. And I I can't help but draw the correlation between that, Moses uh, kind of releasing his kids into the promised land and what we do as parents uh, when we I mean something as simple as sending our kids to school you know this is this is kind of has become a a hot topic with parents it's become a hot topic in our school system Uh, what are we giving our kids over to when when we send them to school or when when we send them to college we we mentioned that you know a, a kind of milestone uh, as we look at the numbers, is by the second year of university, kids uh, that have been brought up in the church are walking away from their faith. So what is happening when parents or church leaders, pastors, youth leaders, release the kids into into a new environment? What's happening? 
Um, and so that's kind of what's going on here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So here's, this is what Moses said. Uh, Listen, O Israel. So Moses is talking, in, he's making this address. Remember, he's, he's about to die. So this is a kind of a deathbed. He doesn't even care anymore. Deathbed. He <laughs> does kidding. care. He cares very much. <laughs> this is a deathbed proclamation. He said, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. You know, when, I, when I'm sharing this passage with, with parents and, and in, in the church, I always say this is kind of the gut check for us as parents. And, mm. and I think this is really to the heart of perhaps what, I, what we're trying to get across uh, to those who have influence with the next generation is, mm. do you love God yourself? Right. Right. How important is your relationship mm-hmm. to God? Right. Is that the most important relationship in, in your life? And so Moses starts that off with, with his. He, he, he talks about that, you know, he wants the parents to take responsibility for, for raising mm-hmm. kids to, to know God. And he says, at the very beginning of this, this is what you must do. Mm-hmm. Love God yourself. Right. And so that's a gut check for us. I think uh, I don't, um, I had done a little bit of study actually in this uh, previously. And um, they, they call this the, the Shema uh, within the, the Jewish circles. Right. So that was something that actually every day um, was was recited, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, for, for me, it's amazing. Uh, or, or, yeah, actually me and my wife talked about potentially writing, like putting on something and putting up on a wall and try to re- like remember to recite every day. Yes. So every day they were going and having this almost like as a creed, a, a, a creed to be able to, to go to say, um, you know, Yahweh is our Elohim. He is the one who has delivered and saved us. Mm-hmm. And so we're trusting him. We're loving him. We're following after him. Uh, and so we're going to do it with all our strength, with all our might, with all our, you know. Um, and so for them, it was something that was actually um, proclaimed mm-hmm. each day within within the family structure, right? So right. it was something that uh, people growing up through it would have understood um, the, the depth um, of the importance of uh, this truth of loving God with everything that you are and have. Yeah. And we kind of lost that a little bit in our culture, I think. And certainly the way you and I were brought up, we're, you know, we weren't big on, um, kind of repeating things and kind of rehearsing things, mm-hmm. you know, over, it was almost frowned upon, but, you know, I, I know in, you know, Protestantism and, and the Baptist faith, we're, we are a creedal people, you know, we were, at least it's in our history to, to recite creeds and, Right. You know, certainly that's, you know, I that, think, that's I think, important. I too. think probably the reason why we don't, though, is because um, I I, th- I assume it's because there's an idea of like something like that's tradition uh, is almost a, a negative thing mm-hmm. because, um, and I think it is negative if it goes to th- this place where it then becomes um, simply about um, a, an act or a, a statement in a creed and, and then it's not actually done from the heart because right. I could, I, I know of young people who've grown up in churches that were more, um, potentially, um, creed driven or very doctrinal heavy as far as the, mm-hmm. the layout of the way everything done. What's the word that I'm talking about? Um, you know, like dogmatic dogmatic. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, they walked away from it because they were doing something outwardly that wasn't in them inwardly. Right. So I think yeah. the thing is that we're focusing on this, where it says to love the Lord all, with all your heart, is it, it's starting there. It's not even the fact that the Israelites would have 
stated every day mm-hmm. that because kids could have grown up in the family being like, yeah, we say this cool phrase, but unless it was truly, like you said earlier, it's something that the parents in their heart truly love yes. God and are trying to drive their children to in their heart mm-hmm. truly love God, not mm-hmm. just by outward action only, but in their, or by creedal statement, but in their heart, do they love God? Right. right? And, and what's what's beautiful about this and what's beautiful about the solution that we're talking about is you you can't fool kids. You absolutely can't fool kids. Part of the problem, I believe, and, and again, this this may come across a little a little harsh. It's been it's you know, it's been difficult for me as I assess and, and consider, you know, my life and, and certainly I wasn't a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect parent. Never was, probably never will be. <laughs> probably <laughs> pretty sure He's all I, I never will be let's say that um and, and so in my life like my son could very easily see when in in my life god wasn't the most important mm-hmm. person right so so we have these we we have really uh, an opportunity here to demonstrate to our kids what it means to love god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength. And and like I said, kids aren't stupid. They know when the tie comes off at the end of Sunday service and the Bible goes back on the shelf for another week, <laughs> n- never to be pulled off until yeah. you, you know, until you grab it and take, well, who takes their Bible to church anymore even? Um, but, you know, the, the, the children have, they've, they haven't made the connection between what they hear at church, what they perhaps read or are taught in scripture and what they see in the home. Mm-hmm. Right. And without a doubt, parents are the most influential people in children's lives. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they've done studies, um, when asked who, you know, who, who is your biggest influencer? It's always mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's not just, you know, good parents. Those, those are parents that maybe have dropped the ball and, multiple areas, but still kids are looking to their parents as influencers. And if we are not demonstrating to our kids, and and now that's not saying that you don't love God even with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength, but are you demonstrating that? Mm. What are you doing to demonstrate mm-hmm. to your kids that God is the most important person in your, in your life? Yeah. Right. I did, uh, I had preached uh, back in the fall uh, a bit on this and some of the things that were really standing up to me were, uh, it was in the Old Testament, was the different times, and I, I can't at this point remember all the scriptures, but um, different points along the way where um, God was, or uh, the spiritual leader in the, the nation of Israel was communicating to the people um, certain things about family. So, uh, for instance, they said, uh, at, at your home, write write these things down on your eyelids and in your hearts, and mm-hmm. basically wherever, you know, talk about them when you're lying down, um, when you're eating when you're out walking basically every time you're doing things you're communicating the truth of god the, the truth of god is part of your family even all through the 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 book of proverbs it's talking about there's two different ways there's the way of uh folly or foolishness that mm-hmm. leads to the destruction mm-hmm. um so co- their consequences and and then there's a way of wisdom that leads to light right. uh, life and uh it, it um the main ones are, it, it really encourages one the parents to be the ones to teach their sons and daughters the way of wisdom that leads to life mm-hmm. and and then it, it it implores the the young well a lot of times it has young men but young men and women to make sure to uh listen 
and heed the wisdom as much as we want to be rebellious as you know teenagers is uh is to to, to listen and so all throughout the old testament there's these little encouragements to be like pass and even passing the truth on to the next generation it's a generation generation so um and even in the ten commandments you see if you approach them a little bit differently like maybe from a jewish understanding you'd see things like um uh adultery and um um things um such as uh, I forget what the other one was, but basically, um, there, there, it's meant to have a, a family that is healthy because mm-hmm. when, when the, the, the mom and the dad are committed to each other and committed to, uh, you know, teaching their children the right way, right. that's what it was. Um, adultery and then, uh, children honoring your parents. Right. When those, when those are heated, then there's a, a healthy society, which means healthy communities. So, yes. so the encouragement is on the, f- the, the parents to be able to raise their children in a way that is loving and following after God and knowing the truth. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Moses starts this off, and, and with that challenge, I guess, is and, and that's the assessment maybe we, we could we could have on ourselves right now. And then he goes on, and Sam, you mentioned in verse 7, he says, repeat these things. And, and I would say, you know, he was talking about the, the precepts and, and the commands of God and the laws of God and Scripture. And, and I would say for us today, repeat you know, the goodness of God, mm. the story of Jesus and the story of the gospel. He says, repeat them again and again uh, to your children. Talk about them when you are at home. Talk about them when you're on the road. Talk about them when you go to bed and talk talk about them when you're getting up. So is it saying that in the... Yeah, oh, sorry. I, oh, no, man. What, no, a, I, I what a bummer. <laughs> I like stole... I, was, I don't even have my Bible in front of me and I was like stealing your... I was going to say, you know where that <laughs> message came from? Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter six. Um, uh, no, but I, I love this because... <laughs> you know, even as even as a children's pastor in the previous life, I was pastor of children's ministry. And, your and previous the, life is as like your uh, you were yeah. reincarnated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, parents would come to me and they'd be like, "I really want my kids to to know God, right?" And what program are you going to offer oh, yeah. that's going to allow? And there was some of that, and I'd be like, "Well, these are the programs we offer, but listen, this is we want to partner with you as a church. We don't want to take this responsibility. Right. That's part of it. And the other part of it was when parents wake up to the fact that they are responsible for spiritually nurturing their kids, then comes the, oh no, I'm going to have to add another night to my week. I'm going to have to yeah. put in you know some more hours. And this is a release for me, and it's like, no, you it's it's not another program you're not going to have to pay for anything you're not going to have to take more time out of your day for uh you, you know for a children's ministry program you're going to build this into the natural flow of our lives right and i i can only guess as a parent that that can come i, I mean the challenge is there certainly but that needs to come as as just a relief to us that it's not something else that we're going to to have to be responsible for as far as like you know getting the kids ready and out the door and in the car and out to something that right. that the church is providing um but Moses is very clear you're right. going to you're going to repeat them when you're when you're at home right i i want to say something i i, I yeah, I don't think there's a responsibility for another actual like event or meeting type thing, but I do think um I think there is uh almost uh, the idea that us as parents because I am a parent, I need to, to be encouraging myself to sacrifice. Oh yeah. So yeah. if I come home and I'm really tired, 
um, sometimes to lay down on the couch and turn on the TV is a lot easier mm-hmm. than um, uh, engaging my kids to have a have conversation about their day and the difficulty and then to tie Jesus into yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um, and an- another one is, is uh, I'll have, when I was youth pastor, I had a lot of parents say, like when I was talking about these kinds of things, they're like, well, but you went to, you went to Bible school. Like I'm not a, I'm not a theologian. I didn't go to Bible right. school. And so my response was always the same thing like that. Make a sacrifice then and get to work. I say, mm-hmm. you know what? Put down your phone and pick up a, a, a book, a theology yeah. book yeah, right? exactly, or a spiritual yeah. book or put down the TV remote and pick up your Bible and yeah. make yourself into a, a, a student, right? Yeah. And that way you're able to. But again, I'm saying this out of a place of challenge where I, I know in if I was to reflect on my past week, how mm-hmm. many how many of my downtime hours was I spend doing um, spending actual time engaging in that area that's beneficial versus vegging? Yeah, you know? yeah, and 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 certainly that's that's the challenge to to parents. First of all, to recognize that you are responsible, um, and to abandon this idea that we're going to start keep dropping our kids off to church, right? For for them to you know fix them right <laughs> we're going to take responsibility for it and then like you said sam they're they're i'm not letting parents off the hook in any way you you got a young uh young baby at home like mm-hmm. so so what are you doing to repeat again and again the precepts and the commands of god right over sloan right, right. and and i remember you know putting trent into bed and he finally settled down and go to sleep and i would just pray over top of him like this was before he even he even could speak or, or did anything. And then it became really important to us, Jody and I, that we never sent Trenton to bed. We we always took him to oh, bed, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think I encourage parents all the time, never send your kids to bed. The the nighttime and, and it's funny that Moses mentions that here mm-hmm. when you're when you're when you're up and on the road and then when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Bedtime is such an important time for, for us as parents. And uh, I came to faith in Christ. I crossed the line of faith with my dad, mm. praying with me at night, as he did every single night. He worked at the mines. He was tired. You know, we we would yell down through the register. There was a register in the floor. And my brother <laughs> and I would yell down as we were going to bed. And we were like, Dad, come pray with us. And, and certainly the most important thing for us was not the prayer time, uh, because we weren't, we weren't just simply that spiritually minded, but we wanted to spend some time with dad, Mm -hmm. but it was important to him. And so he would get up off the couch, even though he'd probably just as soon, thinking back, right, he'd probably just as soon stay there. (laughs) Uh, But he would get up because this was important to him. And he'd grab our hands and he would pray for us. And and that was the, that was the point where I came to faith in Christ and, and uh, crossed the line of faith. And that's where, you know, my son, uh, we led him to Christ uh, at, at bedtime as well. So it was an important time for us. Yeah. So I think, um, like, I, I don't think in, in this pod, yeah, in the things we've talked about is, is like, we, we recognize that there are other problems outside of just this, but mm-hmm. I think um, probably the idea behind this is the biggest I- issue or the, 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 the main blanket, I think. Like, if you don't have this, then it makes all the things more right. difficult. Like, you can have young people that are believers and followers of Jesus without Christian parents. You can, yes. and they can, yeah. they can continue on 
Um, but for the, but we're talking about in, in general, when you see a lot of uh, people that are going to church in their groups of families with young people, mm-hmm. we're talking about those ones in, in those groups that are constantly coming and then some of them are leaving. But even in that, I, I know I've talked to, to, you know, different people and, and they struggle with that where they're, they're, you know, child is off and not living for God. And, and some of them, I truly believe that maybe they did, they did demonstrate these things and sure. it just never was a true heart conversion. So, yeah. um, I, I think there's something where you, now that you've, if, if you're, if you're, you are grown up or your kids are grown up, like there's this idea of grace, like, mm-hmm. you know, moving past, like, I'm sure that there's things you look back on and you're like, ugh. You know, why did I do that? Why did I not? And so there's an idea of grace and a new day today, like how, yeah. you know, um, m- moving forward from it and stuff. Um, but I guess the overall, we see that there is a huge importance, especially in today's society, for, for people to start uh, maybe putting away some things, uh, sp- stop spending so much time doing other things that are probably least important because the most important thing is, uh, well, I believe this is the soul and yeah. connection to God. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't we didn't rip on uh, sports. sports. I love that's the thing. Like I love sports. I coached basketball and everything like that, and I played not on, sports not on Sunday. But um, uh, I have before, <laughs> but not re- no, not regularly. <laughs> um, but uh, but the thing is, it's yeah, it's with anything. I, I think that's the thing with even yeah. sports. Like if something's taking that much away from. And it couldn't be something different than sports, but if it's taking that much time and energy away uh, from time and energy for God, and not even just church Sunday mornings, if you don't have any time throughout the week to, uh, you know, spend time with God and spend time with your family and cultivate that relationship together with yeah. God, then you got to prioritize it. You got to, got to, got to, got to. Good. So that's why I'm officially uh, on air quitting the podcast is taking too much time away from god and my family oh just you th- you think of what what sloan's going to be able to you know years from now she's oh going to be goodness. able to go back and listen to she's all these gonna, she's gonna be like dad you're so weird podcasts. you're so silly yeah no she's gonna love it good this uh, is gonna be a this is gonna be a blessing to your children your children's children good anything else you want to say about this topic very important topic so much yeah yeah it, this is a big topic and we'll we'll hit probably some other things in upcoming podcasts but uh just know that uh as a as a parent um god is going to hold you responsible for the spiritual nurturing of your kids and not to say it's going to work out fantastic every single time and i even tell i even tell you know people challenge me and they say you know, well, what about, what about parents? And you might be listening. You're like, well, I don't love God. You know, I'm, I'm not there yet myself. Am I still responsible? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are still responsible. So whatever that means for you, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's do the, do the hard thing now and, and, and really dig into the story of Jesus and see if there's anything there. Um, uh, but maybe it is coming alongside someone who who you know knows God and say, "Hey, I'm not quite there yet, but I think it's important that my children uh, know God uh, or at least have an opportunity." And I don't know how to lead them in that. And can you help me? Mm-hmm. Right. And and as a, as a church and as Christian leaders, I think we can we can be that for someone as well. Cool. Right on. Okay. Good. Well, we don't have any listener mail today. Or no. emails. No. Or nothing. We're almost 100% sure of that. 
Do we even check? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to end it there. Great. If um, you have any have any questions, comments, reach out to us at the, um, uh, the Podcast at gmail.com or just at the Shantiman Podcast on Instagram, just fa- on Facebook, the Shantiman. Come on, guys. You guys are smart. You know the name of the podcast. Just go find that stuff out. Find just it. Google it. Come Go- on. Google it. You know what? This is the thing I don't understand. Get Why every time we have to tell these people that are listening where to find us because they're so smart that they can find everything else online, but they can't find <laughs> just, it's not. It's not good to, mess with you guys. to berate our <laughs> <I'm not> audience. <laughs> if, if they don't know I'm being sarcastic right now, then they're obviously not Miramichi or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, good. Uh, we love you all. Yeah, see ya. Take care. Mm-hmm.